Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. And welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm Donnie Cage. Donnie Cage, how are we doing, sir? Long time no talk to you. It's been a while, Kentucky Guy. It has, it has. Uh, been under the weather, had the uh, something I actually never heard of before. Uh, called the rhinovirus, and I tell you what, they can keep that stuff, man. I do not want that ever again. <laughs> so, uh, all right, folks, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, always hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us on. 73 different audio platforms, including Spotify, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and the list goes on. Uh, we do drop, uh, we try to drop two episodes every week. We know we're behind in so much we got to talk about in this episode. We apologize. Here on this show, we talk about wrestling past, present, and future, as well as stars, promotions, and so forth. Also, Mr. Cage has another podcast that he co-hosts. Go ahead and tell him about that uh, podcast, sir. Yes, if you want to listen to all the episodes we have done to date, you can check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on YouTube, co-hosted by myself. Jigsaw Jester and Top Tier. Yeah, fantastic uh, podcast to check out on YouTube. Also, if you like to uh, stay up on current events, uh, politics, interesting interviews, and so forth, I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh, we do drop an episode a week, and we're getting ready to ramp things up where we're getting into the political spectrum of the year. Uh, oh, let's see, if you ever want to be a guest on this show... Uh, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's Kentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. And let's see here, uh, also in our description below is all the links to our social media, merch shop, and what have you. Alright, so let's go ahead and get today's episode started. Like I did mention, we do have a lot to talk about. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the main thing that's happened over the last couple weeks. And that is the departure of one of the greatest minds in creative when it comes to wrestling and having a persona. And uh, we're going to talk about the late great Bray Wyatt. <clears throat> and I will let uh, Mr. Cage go first. All right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cage, we'll go ahead and let you start us off on Bray Wyatt. What can be said hasn't been said already. He was a 36-year-old man in the prime of his life. And he's no longer living. It's 
unfortunate because not only was he a great entertainer in WWE, but he clearly was very well liked by his peers. And the fact that he is no longer going to be on our screen to bring his creativity to life is just tragic. There's no other word to describe it. I'm still kind of shocked over this news. Yeah, um, I, I am still. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, condolences to uh, a hardcore legend, uh, Terry Funk's. Uh, family as well, then this is by no way uh, shiding, you know, his death either, I mean, at all, because it's, they're both horrible. Uh, it's just for, I guess, our generation, uh, we're more familiar with, uh, with Bray Wyatt. Of course, if it wasn't for guys like Terry Funk, there probably wouldn't be a wrestling today. So, uh, he did, he definitely was one of the ones that helped pave the way. Now, the shock of, uh, of, of all of this, like you mentioned, is uh, it's very hard to get over. Um, I, I, I still, like in my mind, I can't picture never uh, hearing the theme song again, never, you know, uh, we, we had all this talk, right? <laughs> um, all this build up before he came back at Extreme Rules last year. It was so nice, uh, you know, when he did return, it was a fantastic return. And then we got mad at him because the way the company portrayed his illness, we didn't know what was going on. And we're like, you know, he's, they've dragged this out too long. He's lost all momentum and what have you. And then to come to find out that he actually had COVID was the original illness of why he was out and missed WrestleMania. And if you have a heart disease, uh, COVID, any of these viruses, they're very dangerous. So now it all makes sense why he was gone so long and why he was under wraps. My thing is, <clears throat> is the doctor wanted to have him on a defibrillator. And I actually had one of those put in in 2021. And, uh, you know, I mean, thank God it's never went off. <laughs> Because basically what happens is, if your heart stops, uh, they go off and shock you back into place. Now, the weird thing that I read on the doctor's point when I did some digging was, it said, unfortunately, he wasn't wearing his. So this is, uh, defibrillator is like a, a, a pacemaker. It's in your chest. I actually have a pacemaker and a defibrillator. It's all in one contraption. But... Six months before they would do that on me, I had to wear this thing called a life vest. And basically what it is, it's a, it's one that goes on the outside of your body, a defibrillator, and it shocks you if your heart stops working. Now, I'm just wondering, because you're supposed to keep that on unless you're in the shower. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm just wondering if they had Bray on this and he wasn't wearing it that night because that, the doctor's point doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He wasn't, unfortunately, when JoJo found him, he wasn't wearing it, and he died in his sleep. How you? That that's the only way I know that you couldn't be wearing it. It's just it's sad. There's so many kids involved. Uh, you know, rotunda name 
will always live on in, in wrestling history. Uh, it's just um, too quick, too soon, and I don't know. I, I guess I'm still uh, at a loss for words. I did see some positive stuff. WWE is, uh, they've made some decisions to help out JoJo. Uh, his, uh, I don't think they ever got married, but his fiance uh, and their kids. And uh, AEW also, Tony Khan being the stand-up guy he is, is allowing his wrestlers to miss last week and this week's Dynamite if they want to, uh, to go to the uh, memorial of Bray Wyatt. So I thought that was pretty cool as well. But anyway, I didn't, I didn't, and we don't want to get into, uh, you're going to hear us talk about Bray Wyatt for years to come. Something we're going to, something will happen or we'll mention a match or, or something. Uh, that's how big of an impact he has had over the last few years in the WWE wrestling world. So uh, if you don't want to hear about him, my advice is to uh, tune in somewhere else. Because <laughs> I got a feeling uh you know, we're going to, and it's not always going to be sad. It's going to be good times. We'll try to remember the good times. Just, uh, you know, this is the first show we've had since his uh, passing uh, due, to, due to sickness and, and what have you. And uh, it's just, uh, it's just sad, man. You know, it's just sad. All right. So let's get into some wrestling results. And boy, there's a ton of them. We have three pay-per-views we've got to talk about. All in, all out. Payback, but I would like to start off with last night's brawl. By the way, I know that's not his. Uh, that was his, not his last entrance song. Before anybody emails me, <laughs> I know that, but that's my favorite. The Wyatt when he was, uh, you know, I want to say the Wyatt Six, but that was what was going to happen. But Wyatt, <laughs> sorry, sir. What was that? Wyatt family. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so Raw this week. A lot of things, a lot of things happening. Jimmy Uso opened up the show. He is the new member of Monday Night Raw. Cody Rhodes actually announced that during payback. Some interesting things here with Jey Uso. You've got some people that are not happy that he's there. Don't quite understand that, really. Uh, don't, never seen that. I don't know. I, I'm kind of wondering where they're going with that angle. Kind of odd. But some people are happy to see him. And Dominic Mysterio actually offered him a spot on Judgment Day <laughs> uh, before the show ended. So I thought that was uh, interesting. Speaking of Judgment Day, Sami Zayn come out and challenged uh, uh, mean old Dominic Mysterio. However, J.D., the Irish ace, stepped up and took his place and fought Sami Zayn and actually defeated Sami Zayn uh, in a roll-up pin. The amazing move of the roll-up pin. Anyways, so he did defeat him, and he actually saved Dom Dominic Mysterio from getting the Hulu, uh, Hulu kick, which he took in, on his behalf. So I don't know what's going on with uh, J.D. Madonna. I don't know if he's going to be a part of the Judgment Day. I don't know what the holdup is. I think he should be a part of it and be a part of it now. Uh, I mean, he's got it, so let's do it. All right, sir, your thoughts on uh, on that match in that segment? I'd like to be on 
it opens up a ton of storyline possibilities and feuds for him. He did say, remember the last time he was on television, that he's done with the bloodline. So it makes sense from a storyline perspective. Now I'm sure that he's not permanently done with the bloodline storyline, but this is good in my opinion for the next few months. So I like it. And obviously they hinted at a potential feud between Jey Uso and Judgment Day. Now as far as J.D. McDonough goes, I agree with you, Kentucky guy, it's time to just make him an official member, rather than dragging this out week after week. Decent match between him and Sami Zayn, uh, but don't drag this out any longer, just make him an official member. Yeah, it seems like everybody's accepting now, except Rhea Ripley, which doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. Um, and uh, let's see here. So you said something. Oh, yeah. Jey Uso. Yeah, he did say he was done with the uh, the bloodline. But in the same breath, he said he was done with the WWE. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, take it for what it's worth, I guess. Uh, we had The Miz. He, had, he hosted an episode of Miz TV. With John Cena as a special guest. The only thing is, was John was invisible during this episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess it went along with uh, Cena's cat phrase, catchphrase, you can't see me. It was very weird. Miz actually took a, uh, a page out of Ric Flair's playbook and did a uh, skull-crushing finale on an invisible person. I, he, he's not Ric Flair. He... He just couldn't pull it off. I, it was just odd. I thought it was strange. And then we had something that I really liked that I was shocked. The Viking Raiders versus Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. And the Viking Raiders won the match. Uh, yeah, that's how it should be. Because they are a true blue tag team. And all you guys are doing is ripping off the story of Randy Orton and Riddle. That's all this Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle thing is. It's a ripple. It's a complete ripoff. Even with the Kofi Kingston thing that happened last night. Guys, we've seen it. We've seen it with Randy Orton. Randy Orton used to uh, RKO the uh, New Day when they were supposed to be on the same side when uh, Matt Riddle was trying to get him to come over and be his partner. So, been there, done that. Boring. Let's move on. Your thoughts, sir? It's good to see the Viking on TV, finally. And hopefully the Drew McIntyre, Matt Riddle line will be over than later. I've never been a fan of it. It's time for Drew McIntyre to turn the heel. And the Miz and John Cena segment, you couldn't see, was really stupid. I wasn't a fan of it. I would rather Cena out himself to kind of an idiot. Which, if I'm the only one who isn't a fan of John Cena's last couple of appearances on television, it's like there's something off about his delivery. You understand what I mean, Kentucky guy? I do. I think uh, I noticed a shift in the booze once he announced that he was going to be around a while on SmackDown uh, last week. So I'm interested to see if he's just going to be on SmackDown. Uh, kind of where they're going to take this. If he's going to be on multiple shows, uh, this may change his whole dynamic 
when it comes to, because that's always been the uh, part-timer, has always been what he's been named since he's been doing Hollywood and the WWE once in a blue moon. So, interesting. And yeah, you're right, it does change, uh, does change quite a bit. But, but just remember, he was on the ball. You just couldn't see. That's right. That's right. He actually took a uh, <laughs> skull-crushing finale. And then we had Shin, uh, Seth Rollins come to the ring and beg Shinsei Nakamura, beg him to come out and fight him, even offered to put his world title on the line. And didn't happen. Ricochet came out. Don't know why Ricochet is involved in this at all. He did have a match one-on-one with uh, Nakamura. After that, Nakamura agreed to a match with him. He won the match due to uh, disqualification because Nakamura basically wore him out with a steel chair and got disqualified. But I don't... Do they just not know what to do with Ricochet? or I don't know. Why is he involved in this at all? Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm perplexed. I like Ricochet. Don't get along the heck of But he has direction. However, the end of the blue ball, there's been no at all. But I really thought that was on He was the one that. And there's not a lot. Which I like because I like this new character direction for Shinsei Nakamura. Yeah, the Shinsei Nakamura, they've went back to. Uh, the uh, strong style of Shinsei Nakamura when he's in New Japan. I like it too. I like it a lot. Uh, we had uh, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler uh, defeat Zoe Stark. And then actually did a, uh, out of character, did a fist bump to Zoe Stark. Who knows what they're doing there. She was the, I thought she was a heel. Zoe Stark definitely was a heel with Trish Strat. Who knows? Raquel Rodriguez. Defeated Chelsea Green via pinfall. Another match I didn't really care about. Um, Chelsea Green. I want to. What's your thoughts on that outfit? She wore out to the ring. I mean, what was that? It was the first time I noticed it. We say that. Why is Chelsea Green one of of the tag champion? Why is that? And you know, I used to be a big fan, but I know less. I don't just like her parents Morgan tags or what, but I don't not my fan of longer. Other than her having a good look, I, I don't know what else I'm supposed to sort of latch onto her. I mean, yeah, because she's going up for the world title rematch singles, by the way, and uh, nobody knows where Liv Morgan is, so she's weird. She's in hell. She's what? Injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and then we had the main event. The main event is so weird because the WWE tried to actually make us think they didn't get me. Made us think that Chad Gable had a chance to defeat Gunther. 
<laughs> I mean, Gunther is pretty much dominant in the match. Like I said, we've seen this match before. Um, kudos to him. He's getting ready. Now there's nothing in his way to surpass the Honky Honk Man. I think he does it tomorrow to surpass the Honky Honk Man as the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. And, uh, yeah, he deserves it. He deserves all the accolades to come with it. Uh, I just wish if they're going to have this kind of setting and memorial to the Intercontinental title, the video and all that, he would have had a stronger, a believable opponent than little Chad Gala, who only knows how to do swoosh Your thoughts? It's shush. I love that. I had a lot on Monday but I, Kentucky, Gunther worked to restore, restore the inner champion he had, and he's needed there to fix the hometown man's brain at the intercom. So it's yeah, a historic moment, and definitely. Yep, I agree. Alright, so let's jump around here because we want to. Man, oh man, there's so much happening. Um, let's go to AEW All Out. And not just the All Out pay-per-view, but there's more to the story, as I'm sure you've probably heard. Uh-huh, here we go. All right, so... Oh, it looks like this one here, we actually had some predictions. Okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, MJF took on Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship title. I, of course, had my boy, MJF. Donnie had Adam Cole. And your winner, and still world heavyweight champion, MJF. I actually, I thought this was a very good match. These guys pushed each other to the limits. They did not, uh, they did not turn on each other. There were so many things that we thought was going to happen that didn't happen. That's good, and I'm glad it didn't happen. And, uh, yeah, I readily uh, enjoyed this match. And just to, uh, let's go to one other one real quick. We had Sting and Darby Allen versus Christian and Swerve Strickland, a coffin match. And I picked uh, Christian to win, Christian's team, and Mr. Cage picked Sting's team to win, and Sting's team did win. Uh, so kudos on that pick. This match was good. It was... Darby Allen's going to end up killing himself. <laughs> he's going to he's going to end up breaking his neck or something, man. Crazy, uh, crazy good. He's crazy good, but just is insane. Some of the stuff he pulled off. So, anyways, your thoughts on those two matches? Why well, do minor correction, Kentucky guy? These are actually the all goals, not the all. All, all in. Yeah, sorry. It's uh, no, because they have been a together. Great and. Both guys put it all there. I'm glad he didn't get a predictable finish post-match. And I'm excited to see these wrestlers again. I'm not excited at at all nothing here because I'm going to get another shot down the line. As far as the coffin match goes, glad I winners. It's thing that I do that it's Thing RBF is crippled themselves today with all my risk but still 
Yeah, and then we had uh, CM Punk versus Smojo, Smojo, uh, the real world champion. Blah. Uh, I picked. Uh, we both picked Smojo to win. Uh, actually, CM Punk did win this match, and I know we have some stuff to talk about with CM Punk. We'll get it at the end, uh, end of this because uh, I actually have some inside information on what happened. But here's my question here in the match. Why in the world did they keep using Hulk Hogan's, like, I can't hear you, the crowd, and Ric Flair's move? And plus, it ended with a top rope pedigree? Odd. Just very odd. Your thoughts on that match? Well, the top rope pedigree was the Pepsi Plunge DM finish. Odd. That's why he plunged. Okay. As far as the match itself, these two great be put on back to fans. But of course, we'll talk about it shortly. The match didn't happen. And kudos to Snow for being special behind the scenes making the match did Yep. I agree. And then we had the trio championship on the line, the House of Black versus... <laughs> <laughs> okay, versus Billy Gunn and the Ascent. Um, and we have new trio champion, Matt Caster, Anthony Bowens, and Billy Gunn. Uh, so that completely surprised me. It actually surprised me rereading it because they were successful in their title defense, too, and we'll talk about that. But I... I don't know. Um, of all the trio teams out there, you have the elites. You have uh, even Dark Order. Why in the hell? Why in the world would you put the titles on these scissor me daddy gay wannabes? I do not get it. Now I do understand this title change. Aussie Open, who was the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, they lost their belts to MJF and Adam Cole. Very, very happy to see a title around Adam Cole's waist. I think it was a good consolation to not going over on the world title match. Uh, because let's just face it, even as a face heel or face turner now, uh, MJF is still the hottest ticket in AEW. Cannot take that gold away from him. Right, not right now. Anyways. So uh, your new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, MJF and Adam Cole. What do you think about those two matches, sir? Did we both predict MJ that we're going to... Uh, no, you predicted... Oh, yeah, you know what? I forgot to mention that. Sorry. Uh, you predicted Ozzy Open. You were wrong. No, no, no. Of course I picked MJF. Uh, and we both picked House of Black to win, so we're both wrong there. But it is. Uh, yeah, I was actually surprised MJF and Adam winning. So, this is more than the ring title, even if for the short. Yeah, I actually enjoyed that match too. I thought that was a pretty good fight. Uh, a match that I really couldn't get into, and I, I, we now know why. Uh, Jack Perry versus Hook for the FTW Championship. Uh, we both picked Hook to win, and we both were correct. Hook won uh, pretty much. No 
doubt about that match whatsoever if you watched it. Who's going to win that? FTR defended their AEW World Tag Team titles against the Young Bucks. Kentucky Guy had the Young Bucks. Donnie Cage had FTR. Your winners and still, somehow, AEW World Tag Team Champions. Forever the Revival. FTR. Your thoughts on those two matches? Well, did you expect Harry hold on? And it's backwards. So, glad to I'll be. I was shocked that I totally expected to go Even though I deep down said FTR's belt today. But forever five will hit Saturday in and then still a world. Yeah, and I'll tell you another shocker right here. Um, uh, Hiro Shada defended her title against Britt Brit Baker versus Sierra versus Tony Storm. Both of us predicted Britt Baker her time to shine and have that title back. But no, no, no. Tony Khan sees elsewhere. And your winner and new women's heavyweight champion Paige Sierra. That took me for a loop. I wasn't planning on that outcome whatsoever. Your thoughts? It's big return. It was a great moment. I'm, I'm not my family there. She got a baby off with the hometown crowd. And she had a way back injury for several years. I have to give credit for getting pointing. Now, as far as how long going to be booked this champion, that's another story altogether. But it was a moment. Okay. Um, I still say Britt Baker is more deserving. Uh, then we had the Golden Elite, Adam Page, Kota Ibushi, and Kenny Omega versus Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robertson and Jay White, and Konshu Takashada. Uh, we both picked the Elite to win, and the Elite did win. So I thought that was a very... This match here... And I'm not, everybody knows I'm not a fan of six-way six matches. And I think there's too much going on and it's hard to enjoy the match. I have to say, though, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I thought that there were some amazing uh, amazing moves like flips. And I, I, I don't know, man. Say what you want to, but I still have to say it's a tie between Jay White and Kenny Omega being the best wrestler in the world right now. I mean, these guys, I, I can't wait to see them go one-on-one -on -one again. I just, I thought it was a good match. And then a not-so-good match, we had Eddie Kingston, team with Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Tremperetta, and Penta versus the Blackpool Combat Club. It's called a stadium stampede match. This match was the reason why I don't like four-way dances or eight-man tags or whatever you want to call it. All over the place. Could not keep up with it. Really didn't care. Uh, let's see. We both had the Blackpool Combat Club to win. You know what, Mr. Gage? I don't remember who won this match. Do you? Uh, and uh, the best friends won this match. Okay. Yeah, because I was, I was so perturbed uh, because I couldn't keep up with it. I didn't even write it down. <laughs> Your thoughts on those two matches? Kentucky, come on. Orange Cassidy should 
a lot of a lot of art asking in this match. He played a lot, ended up getting a win for his team. I mean I mean he won me over tonight, he was not gonna lie. Yeah, he won me over. <laughs> what about the Golden Elite match, weirdo? Great match from all six guys involved. I agree with you. I, I want to see more Jay White. I want to see him challenge for a single title at some point. I don't want him to get hit old in the tag team competition. He's too good for that. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, uh, you're absolutely right. Then we had Will Offspray versus Chris Jericho. And we both picked Chris Jericho to win. And Chris Jericho did not win. Will Ospreay won. Um, I don't know, man. I I hate this match. I hate that if you're Chris Jericho, you hated this match. And the reason why is because you could see during the match, for the biggest part of it, that uh, Will Ospreay carried Jericho through the match. Will Ospreay is... He's so phenomenal. And he's so great. And to put him in the... It's just not... It's not a, I don't know, it just didn't make sense putting him with uh, somebody this young. Yes, he needs somebody to help him put him over, but not somebody of this caliber. And the match went exactly like I thought it was going to. It was sad. It's kind of like watching your hero fight their last battle. But now he's teaming with Sammy Guevara and going after the tag team. I don't know. Your thoughts on that match? Yeah, with obviously who at the peak. I'll definitely go in the match. I will say, fantasy booking in the back of my mind, if this is Jericho from 10 years ago and Will Ospreay, it would have been time about. Yeah, yeah, if we had a, a time machine, yeah. Alright, so, let's go to After All In. And I know you guys are dying to hear our take on this. And I also know that we're uh, burning time up here. But we've got to talk about this. We've got to talk about some other stuff. So, CM Punk is no longer with AEW. There was an altercation. An altercation with Jungle Boy. After, after Jungle Boy's match. Now... Here's the thing. First of all, bro, bro, are you stupid? I mean, really, you're going to go up to the gorilla, and for those of you that don't know what the gorilla is, that's where the main people sit during every show. There's cameras everywhere, everywhere, and that's where your superstars are looking at for advice before they go to their next match. You're going to go and cause a scene exactly a year later from when you were suspended with cameras all around. What an idiot this guy is. I mean, let's just be honest about it. He's an idiot. Okay? So, basically, here's what happened. And I'm going to say this with 100% factual. This is not dirt cheap. This is not rumored. This is somebody... This is somebody that I talked to directly that, you guys know I know a couple people, they don't have high jobs there, but 
they they can they can they get to see stuff and tell me stuff. <laughs> but this is actually from somebody who seen this go down. Yes, they seen it go down. So here's what happened. So Perry come back to the back. Basically, this was over a uh, Jack Perry wanted to use real glass and the in the stun on the car windshield. CM Punk told him not to use it, use plexiglass because Jack Perry just wanted to get hurt so he didn't have to work the next day. Okay, first of all, you don't own AEW. That's not your call. You're not even a VP, even when you were with the company. Not your call. Not your call. But anyways, during his match, uh, Jack Perry's match with uh, Hook, he made a reference on Twitter, right? Now, here's what happened. Perry came back to the back after his match. Punk gets in his face, nose to nose, aggressively. Now, Punk did this. This is not Jack Perry pushing him off or nothing like this. Gets in his face, and he, and he asks Jack Perry, quote, Do you have a problem with me? Then, Perry, here's what he said. This is all he said, according to this eyewitness. Hey, man, I was just looking to get some heat as a heel for my fan base. And then Punk shoves him hard, from my understanding, like, put everything he had in it. And then Perry got in his face, of course. Of course. You're going to get in somebody's face after they push you that hard. And then Punk, being the cool cat that he is, actually sucker punched Jack Perry. And then started choking him. Tony Khan was right there and was yelling at Punk to let him go. Samoa Joe, who was getting ready to have a match with CM Punk, was right there, a part of the breakup. So this was not something you could hide like you did in the dressing room, right, like you did last year. This was all there. Now, Punk doesn't want to go have the match with Samoa Joe, right? This is all, this, once again, if we get off in actual eyewitness stuff, I'll let you guys know. He doesn't want to have the match with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe loses his mind and yells and stands up for Perry and yells at Punk. To get his butt to the ring, he didn't use those words, to have this match. They did. They go have the match. The match is okay, I guess. Boy, if we would have knew what had happened right before then, it would have been different. <laughs> the match was okay. Now, here's where Punk gets fired. Let's just be honest about it. This is where Punk gets fired. Punk, after the matches, goes directly to Tony Khan's office. Directly to him. And just about pins him up against the wall. Acts like he's going to lunge towards him and hit him and actually knocked off monitors off the desk and the shelf next to him onto Tony Khan. Luckily, Samoa Joe and two other wrestlers, I'm sorry, I can't remember who they said they were. They were nobody big. Uh, two other wrestlers got Punk out of there, and that's why CM Punk got fired. He didn't get fired because he sucker punched uh, Jack Perry. Don't ever doubt it. Because we all know Tony Khan, even though he did the right... Tony Khan did the right thing because of two reasons. First thing is he was scared. This is the first time he could not talk Punk off the ledge. He was scared. He thought Punk was going to hit him. And we all know Tony Khan's not a... He's not a wrestler. The second thing... The second thing about this is that you couldn't hide it. 
nowhere, there was nowhere to hide it, and his lawyers and Warner Brothers advised him to fire him and buy out the contract, no matter the cost. Now, Punk only got what was left on his contract. They're not negotiating when you got proof all over the place, like they did last time. Last time he could negotiate and he asked for this crazy price on his contract. Couldn't do that this time. This piece of crap, there's too much video footage. Everybody's seen it. And when that video footage comes out, and it will, who knows when, when it comes out, you guys are going to see what we've been saying for months now. He's a worthless piece of crap. And I'm glad he's out of the business that I love. Your thoughts, sir? So, I'm glad Tony Khan made the right decision and finally got rid of this egomaniac because that's what he is. He's one of the biggest egomaniacs in the wrestling business. Make no mistake about it. I don't care how many tickets he sold, how many championships he's won, or whether he's in the race. He's been a toxic element in the AEW locker room for over a year now. He never should have brought back to television after the all-out media scrum from last year and the subsequent locker room brawl. So Tony Khan gave his defense and brought him back. And this is the result. He causes more problems. Fortunately, Tony Khan and the AEW committee made the right call this time. They said, that's it. We're not putting up with any more of his antics. But do you want to know what I honestly believe, Kentucky guy, now that we're in the fallout period from this event? I don't think CM Punk ever really wanted to be in AEW. I think he went there, he wanted back in WWE, and when he realized he had burned too many bridges and couldn't get back there, he did the next best thing when he went to AEW. Tony Khan welcomed him with open arms, not realizing that Punk was a powder keg from day one and just needed the right amount of fuel to to cause an incident like this. But fortunately, he's gone. AEW is not going to go out of business because of this. They'll find a way to recover. They'll bring in another star or they'll build somebody else up. They're going to be fine. Oh, they already are. The all-out pay-per-view... Nobody was crying because Punk wasn't there. That was a great pay-per-view. And with the aftermath of his firing and everything and what had happened, uh, to put on a show like that, there's no issues I see whatsoever with that company going forward. I think it's going to make them stronger. I think it's going to make Tony Khan a better owner. But I do have to be honest, I don't think he would have fired him if he wouldn't have felt threatened himself. But I do think in the long run, it'll make him a better owner. I agree. I don't think he would have fired them just over the fight with Jack Perry. He would have suspended them for 30 days or 60, 60 days. And then he would have been back on television like nothing happened. Now, something that I... And I haven't 100% confirmed this, so this is not 100% uh, confirmed. But something that I kept hearing all last night and today is that Jack Perry is suspended indefinitely. Have you heard anything like that? Yes, I've heard that. Man, that's weird, because he didn't take a punch at CM Punk. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Huh. More to come on that. I'll, I'll dig a little bit deeper on that. All right, so 
Let's move on to some other crazy things that happen. Let's go to WWE's payback results. All right, we're just going to hit some highlights on this. I didn't realize we were already almost at our hour. Uh, payback results. Becky Lynch defeated Trish Stratus. You know, hopefully that's the end of this god-awful feud. Interesting enough, though, Trish, she, uh, her protege turned on her. I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if that's leaving the door open for Trish Stratus to come back, or I don't know why they wouldn't just let her go off, go off into the dust, into the sunset. The Miz with John Cena, special guest referee, took on L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight won the match, and couldn't be more happier about that. And then Rey Mysterio defended his United States Championship against Austin Theory in the rematch, and Rey Mysterio is your winner and still United States Champion. Your thoughts on those three matches? Becky Lynch and Stratus was a pleasant surprise. Compared to the last time they wrestled, this was a really good match. Great way to open the show. Great ending to the match. Lots of drama. I do agree with you, Kentucky. I don't think this is goodbye for Stratus. I don't know how or how they're going to bring her back, but I don't think this was the final goodbye. Austin Theory and Rey Mysterio, pretty decent match. Not surprised that Rey Mysterio retained here. I don't know what the future holds for Austin Theory. I actually think a good guy to beat Rey Mysterio would be either, either Karrion Cross or Grayson Waller, I could see, becoming U.S. champ. I think one of the, those guys is a good choice. Or Grayson Waller? Grayson Waller? Come on. What? He's pretty good. That's my opinion. I figured he'd be done after Jimmy Buffett died. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry. Too soon. Too soon. And sorry. Then, um, and then uh, just glad to see LA win this. I, I had my doubts at a couple of points. I thought the Miz was going to pull a fast one. But fortunately, the man who's going to win the match won. You know, uh, you and I were talking during this match, and you had a great idea. It would have been perfect if John Cena would have turned heel and kind of screwed LA Knight in his match. That would have been something else. It would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. Uh, then we had the Women's World Championship on the line, Rhea Ripley. There's actually going to be a rematch on this, I guess, next week on Raw. Uh, Rhea Ripley is still your champion. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, I don't see, I just, I don't see her as a world champion. I mean, the only thing she's got is she can turn around backwards and flex. I mean, that's it. And then we had the main event. We do have another match, but this other match we're going to talk about, I think, my opinion, should have been the main event because it stole the show. But we did have the main event, Heavy World um, Heavyweight Championship on the line. Seth Rollins versus Shinsei Nakamura. A lot of build-up to this match. Shinsei says that, uh, you know, Seth's been dealing with back issues. Seth admitted it. Uh, but he looked good during this match, and uh, he got that stomp in and retained his title. And uh, I'm I'm glad for it. I do like what they're doing with Shinsei Nakamura. I just wish they would do it with him on another title, maybe the United States title, uh, and leave Seth alone because I'm very, very worried he's going to end up taking that title from Seth. I don't want to see that happen. Uh, your thoughts, sir, on those matches? I like Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura match. 
I think Seth did a great job selling that back injury. He really just was fighting through the pain throughout the match. Uh, added to the realism of it. Uh, I wasn't really a fan of the Rhea Ripley Raquel Rodriguez match, although I'm glad Rhea remained. I felt like she was carrying Raquel through 90% of that match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the, the match that I thought stole the show. Uh, undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, current champions, defended against Finn Balor and Damian Priest, Judgment Day. And your winner, and new undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Judgment Day. Now, I have to be honest, never saw this. Never, never, never saw this. And then I did the math, and I'm like, well, April is when WrestleMania was, May, June, July, August. They have had the titles, you know, for five months. So, you know, okay, that, that makes sense a little bit, I guess. But I did not see. Now, it took every member of Judgment Day Plus to win this match. But I thought, I love this match. And I think it stole the show. Your thoughts? It did steal the show. And the one positive thing about Judgment Day here is that, number one, they keep their momentum. But also, number two, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens looked very strong in the match. They did not look weak at defeat. Like you said, it took all of Judgment Day, plus J.D. McDonough, to topple Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So if that doesn't make a statement, I don't know what. And you know, what a way for WWE to show its dominance. Payback only had six matches, but these were all... These, these were all good matches. This was a good pay-per-view. Six matches only, and boom. You know, the walk away with the uh, big money, most money made at a payback, uh, payback uh, pay-per-view. And, you know, kudos to kudos, WWE. I'm putting on a heck of a show. Now, we have AEW's All Out. And, yes, I know, do not tune us off. I know you guys do around this time. We're going to go through it. Uh, at the beginning of the show, they had the over-budget charity battle royal where the winner earns $50,000 to give to their favorite charity of their choice. Hangman Adam Page is your winner. We had the Ring of Honor also before the pay-per-view started. World, uh, Women's World Champion on the line. Uh, we had Athena, the current champ, against Dominique and Mercedes Martinez versus High Crew, Sheeta versus Sky Blue, versus Willow Nightingale, and your winner, and still, Ring of Honor World's Women's Title Champion, Athena. I think she's going to have that belt for quite a while. And I'll go over one more and then get your opinion. AEW World's Trio Championship, we talked about this a little bit. The Acclaim and Daddy S, uh, with help from Dennis Rodman, by the way. Yep, you heard me correctly. Dennis Rodman, former Bulls player, yeah. Versus Jay Lethal, Jeff Jared, Sigma Psy. And Karen Jarrett and Sanjay Dute at ringside. Anyways, still trio champion. Don't get it. Didn't get it when they won it. Don't get this match. Don't get it. Uh, the acclaim and daddy ass. Uh, your thoughts on those three matches? So I actually predict that eventually Willow Nightingale is going to be the one who beats the Secret Ring of Honor uh, championship. Eventually. Not, not yet. Somewhere down I think. Um... The Theo's match, uh, is, again, is with this. Why Dennis Rodman was there, I have no idea. 
I mean, you might as well just bring up Shaquille O'Neal or Mike Tyson while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, but I'm not. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised to be that result. And and what was and what was the other match? Uh, the Battle Royal. See, I didn't watch the Battle Royal. So that's why I was blanking on it. Um, good to see Hangman Adam Page win. Even though I think there are other wrestlers that could benefit from winning the Battle Royal. Uh, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship match. We had uh, better than you. MJF and Adam Cole, the current champions, versus Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds, and John Silverman. I have to admit, Dark Order put on a better fight than I thought they would have in this match. You don't hear a lot of out of Dark Order anymore, but this uh, Alex Reynolds guy, uh, yeah, he's pretty good. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. However, uh, better than you, Bebe, are still your Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Of course, they just had it seven days. Uh, Samoa Joe defended his world television title. Uh, and, you know, once again, we don't give Samoa Joe enough credit. Uh, and I'm not a Samoa Joe fan. You guys know this. But he really deserves a lot of credit on his on his uh, behind-the-scenes leadership. Uh, he was an instrumental part of, of, from what I can understand, him and Daniel Bryant uh, saving Tony Khan's butt. <laughs> so, anyways, he defended his world television championship. Versus Shane Taylor. Don't even know who that is. I do know who it is from Independence Scene, but don't know what he's doing. On, I don't know. AEW. Uh, why he changed his name. I, I'm no longer part of Bullet Club. Doesn't make sense. But anyways, he lost. He got tapped out by Smoke Joe. TNT Championship match. Uh, impressive. Lucasaurus retained his title against Darby Allen. Uh, and I thought that... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I thought Luchasaurus looked pretty good in this match. Surprisingly, I'm not a fan of this guy's at all, but yeah. Uh, your thoughts on those matches? Darby didn't I like the Shaboa Joe Shane Taylor. It was pretty pretty intense. I'm kind of curious to see more of Shane Taylor in the future, but glad to see the Samoan submission machine. Uh, because, in my opinion, he's a real world champion, not former employee and punk. Uh, and glad to see better than you, baby, retain the Ring of Honor World Tag Team title. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like L.A. Night there. Yeah. All right. We had the Redeemer, Miro, versus Powerhouse Hobbs. The Redeemer won. Uh... Powerhouse Hobbs went to shake his hand and, yeah, uh, started to take uh, the Redeemer out. And then, holy cow, here comes Miro's wife runs to the ring. She cracks Hobbs with a steel chair. He was distracted and Miro uh, grabbed a chair and smashed it into his head. Here's the thing. What's up with Lana? What's up with this Perry? I know her name, real name is Perry, but... I always know her as Lana. What, what's up with her, uh, Miro just walking out, not saying thank you, or, hey, baby, what are you doing here, or, uh, hey, uh, fancy seeing you here at my job. I mean, <laughs> he just walks out. It, weird. Doesn't say anything. Very odd. Very odd. And then we had, uh, Chris Stanlander face Ruby Soho for the, uh, 
for the title, TNT title. Uh, your winner, still champion, Chris Statlander, who apparently is untouchable. I don't know why she lost every single match where she got injured when she was hanging around the best friends in Orange Cassidy. And now, like, she can't lose no matter what. So, very odd. And we'll go over one more real quick. Um, uh, Daniel Bryan comes back from injury earlier, early, early, very early, to take on the absolute Ricky Starks winner, the American Dragon Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson. Here's the thing. He, he did say it, and you could see it in the match, that Ricky Starks absolutely carried him all the way through this match. And you could see it. I was going to mention it, of course, because I'm not a fan of his, but he went ahead and admitted it in the press conference, so I don't have to point it out. But yeah, we know you suck, Brian. We know. Your thoughts on those matches? Well, Dan Brian is still one of the best in the world. And he's still not uh, He came back a little early injury. But kudos to Ricky Starks for not only looking great himself, but making Dan Brian look great. This was a solid match. One of the best in the world. Um, I like the Miro Powerhouse Hobbs match. This is one of the first matches in a while where I was impressed by Powerhouse Hobbs. Curious to see if these two wrestle again in the near future. Don't know what they're doing with the storyline with Miro and his wife. Remains to be seen. We'll see how it plays out. And Chris Statlander and... Uh, Chris Statlander and... Ruby Soho. <laughs> Ruby Soho. Yeah. I didn't really care about this match. I, I, I'm st- I still don't buy Chris Statlander. As the TBS Women's Champion, I'm like you, Kentucky guy. We're on the same page there. We had the uh, uh, New Japan Wrestling Strong Openweight Champion, Eddie Kingston. Teaming, <laughs> I can't believe he's got a title. Teaming with Ring of Honor Pure Champion, uh, Shibata, who is the future. Uh, faced the Blackpool Combat Club, Ring of Honor World Champion, Claudio and Willer Yuta. So, okay, so Eddie Kingston and Shibata won. Here's my thing. The only thing I cared about this match I thought was so funny. Did you see at the beginning of the match these three supreme athletes standing in the middle of the ring, just standing there waiting for the match to start, I mean, built built to the heels, and then Eddie Kingston standing there with his gut hanging over his tights. I'm like, come on, this guy, come on, why do you got a plumber in this match? Where'd you go get the plumber from? Come on. That's a good way to describe it, actually. It's kind of like he just wandered in. He, like, he was, like he was working on the fights in the building. And they were like, hey, buddy, come here. We need a fourth guy for the match. Can, can, can you spare about 20 minutes? I mean, he, he, he looks so out of place. And he is. Can't stand the guy. Don't know why he's over with anybody. Uh, we had the cleaner, Kenny Omega versus uh, Takashiti. Uh Takashiti won the match. He actually won the match straight up. He pulled down his uh, his uh, knee pad, and, uh, man, he just laid Kenny Omega out. But I tell you what, Kenny Omega, he might have lost that match, but he showed how resilient he is. He showed why he's been champion everywhere he's been in that match. And then we had the AEW World Tag Team Champions, FTR, actually tag with the Young Bucks. Versus the uh, Bullet Club, uh, Bullet Club Gold, uh, the Gun Brothers, Switchblade, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. Your winners, uh, uh, 
love it. Love how this match ended. Bullet Club Goat. Bullet Club Goat is going to be the ones to take those titles from FTR. You watch. They beat these guys too many times. And then let's go ahead and, uh, yeah, go ahead and give me your thoughts on those two uh, matches. Yeah, I like the eight-man tag match. Although I was confused as to why FTR and Bucks team together. I I actually called the, the be a Bullet Club Gold victory. So, uh, good to pick a win. Um, excuse me. <laughs> Kenny Omega Takashita put on a great match. A clinic, if you would call it. And Kenny Omega, whether he wins or loses, yes, Kentucky guy, he still is one of the best wrestlers in the world. All right. Now, and then we had my favorite match of every pay-per-view that went on this weekend. This was the best match ever. AEW International Championship match. Orange Cassidy versus your new international champion, John Moxley. And I hope Orange Cassidy retires. That's all. That's all I got to say. Love the match. Love the beatdown that it was put on him. Hope he retires. Your thoughts? I mean, I really thought they were going to push uh, Orange Cassidy further. That he was going to go a full year as champion before he lost it. So, I guess I'm a little disappointed, especially with that Amazing victory over Penta on the collision where he took two straight pile drivers and then uh, did a miraculous uh, pull-up at the end and completely no-sold the fact that his arm was uh, was hurt. I mean, man, super good. That, that's John Cena. Selling there. <laughs> All jokes aside, All jokes aside, I'm happy to see John Moxley as the new international champion. So I'm looking forward to his reign. Yeah, it's uh, it's long overdue that he lost that title. Let's just be honest about it. Long overdue. But, uh, yeah, as if that wasn't enough, that's all I have uh, for this uh, episode, sir. What say you? That's it, Kentucky. Yeah. Folks, I know this one ran over a little bit, but so much to unpack. We will be doing our next episode. I think we decided to start doing them on Sundays now, right? That's right. Okay, so our next episode will come out Sunday. We are back on track. We're trying our best. Everybody's getting healthy, happier. And you've been listening to Against the Mat, our wrestling podcast, with your co-hosts, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. As always, folks, God bless, and God bless America. Thank you all so much.